0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back to our Bible study. Hope and pray everybody's doing well out there in Internet land. Welcome, welcome to our Bible study this evening. Uh, again, we'd like to welcome first-time viewers to the broadcast. We are New Central Christian Church, Church of All Nations, and our, our church location is 334 Ashford Street. We'd love for you to come join us sometime there in Brooklyn, New York, the heart of Brooklyn, uh, on the border of Brooklyn and Queens. Come on out, be with us uh, uh, throughout the week. We have Thursday night service in person and Sunday mornings at 11 a.m., for the time being, amen, uh, there at this church service. we love for you to come join us. But tonight we have our, our online broadcast for our Bible study. And uh, we, again, uh, the Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved. Again, uh, workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of Almighty God. And truly the Bible tells us we as Christians should wanna study the Bible. You would the name of Christ should wanna know more about the Bible. Live the Bible as well. So again, the word of God, deals with many, many issues, deals with many, many things in life that we all, again, go through. And and oftentimes, again, we can relate to it and we can rely on the word of God to help you through various situations. Amen. And one of the situations is a book of Proverbs, what we're covering tonight. The book of Proverbs, many of you know, I kind of use that phrase, a proverb a day keeps the devil at bay, at bay, not away, but at bay. Again, it will help defend, it. and again, it keeps the enemy uh, at arm's length, if you please. Again, from the things which go on, and so again, it's important. The book, the book of Proverbs, is an awesome book. I remember growing up, uh, growing up, and, and really, as I got older in my latter teenage years, my father told me, "Say, hey, son, uh, my mother's parents, they they was telling me to read read the book of Proverbs." He says, "Excellent for a young man to read," and actually, I blew it off at the time. And, and, but now looking back, I say, wow, it was awesome. So once I became a Christian, once I gave my life to Christ, I began to do that. And there 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, uh, many of you heard me mention it before for the first time viewers, we want to uh, share it with you again, 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And we endeavor to try to uh, go through one period per day, uh, again, uh, from day to day. And so tonight being the 29th of this month, 29th of this month, again, uh, we we utilize this as as a uh, devotion. We encourage you to use do your daily devotion. Devotion where you don't wait for the preacher, you don't wait for the church service. You do it on your own. You do it on your own the way you want to learn of God and really that personal moment with God. And so when you read your Bibles, it's important. I don't care what's going on. Stop for a minute of your day and read some scriptures. Read something from the Word of God. Let the Lord speak to you when you and when you read the Bible. Pray, say, God, speak to my heart today. Show me exactly what you want me to see. And again, read it with understanding. Again, read it, no doubt, uh, to get understanding. And If you don't understand, where's the a pastor is here for you. But I don't know, but again, uh, pull out a dictionary. You understand the word. Pull out a dictionary. Again, good. Webster's dictionary will help you with a lot of words. Again, out there throughout the word of God. All right, so let's get into it. We got a lot to cover tonight. Proverbs 29. So we we'll listen again. Let's go to verse one. The Bible says he... Uh, that is often reproved, harken his neck, he says, it shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. So let me, let me give you more, a little bit of my background about the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is written by, uh, the majority of it is written by Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man, wisest man who probably ever walked, walked the face of the earth. And the reason why he was so wise is because he asked God, he asked God for wisdom. And so this is really a book of wisdom, a book of wisdom. And, and not all of it is written by Solomon, a few chapters here and there that are not written by him. But, if you think about it, it says, God, let me learn from a wise man. And King Solomon was definitely that. Did he make all wise decisions? No, none of us do. None of us do make all wise decisions. But you know what? It's important. It's important. Let's look at it. The Bible says, he that is often reproved hardeneth his neck. So again, reproof is what? Correction. Reproof is correction. He says, and suddenly shall be destroyed. So when we get corrected, when God deals with a heart of the preacher or whatever the case may be, or again, uh, corrected by someone else uh, uh, along the way? Do we get hard? Do we put up our shields? Do we get angry, bitter, and mad about certain things? And Naturally, uh, the Bible says well, all of us are right in our own eyes. We see ourselves as right. Uh, others may see yourself as right. And so there can be conflict at times, but when there is one that, that as a leader, as, as, as from the Word of God, we show you things in the Word of God, don't harden your neck to it. Don't harden your heart to it. Again, uh, your spiritual leader as meaning being a pastor or other people, no doubt that are uh, and, and correct, uh, authority over you, whether it's your boss, whether it's again office, officer, whatever the case may be, whoever it may be that's in authority. Again, oftentimes we got easily and quickly to put up reproof. Uh, you know, when we are reproved put up a stiff neck and the Bible says here, and that should be, just shall be destroyed. Suddenly, uh, I, I suddenly be destroyed that without remedy. And naturally, again, the unrepentant sins. God correction is, is, and how do we respond to God's correction? Do we harden our neck? And well, let us not be stick, stiff necked The Bible, go back and read the Bible. It talks about being a stiff neck generation, a stiff neck generation. The where, again, people like that old stubborn goat or that stubborn animal will not move. and trying to yank on the uh, the leash, and they would not move because again, uh, they would just refuse to to be moved. And so, uh, don't be that way towards God. God deals with your heart. God tries to woo us into him and tries to bring us to him. Don't be hardened in your hearts tonight. The Bible says it, it, if we rebel and reject, uh, there will be calamity will come. You know, sometimes it's suddenly, as the Bible says here, sometimes it's delayed calamity. Sometimes it's delayed effect. And eventually, uh, if we don't take heed to God's warning, eventually we covered a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, um, um, it could be, again, where uh, there could be lost eternally through the grave. And again, the ultimate destruction of hell. The Bible talks about it in verse two. Let's go to verse two. He says, when the righteous are in authority, when the righteous are in authority, he says the people rejoice. He says, but when the wicked uh, beareth rule, the people mourn. Think about real rulers and leaders, government, uh, uh politicians, various things, good leaders, uh good God leaders, no doubt naturally is what God intended. Thank God for Godly leaders. And think about God for, uh, again, leaders that uh, endeavor to rule and reign in righteousness. But wicked dictators, wicked dictators, you see, if you think about it, wicked dictators, wicked ones that, uh, that uh, are in control. I uh, think about all the time third world countries, they really suffer. And they go through things because of wicked, wicked leaders, wicked leadership, wicked uh, kings, wicked uh, governors, and on and on and on. And it causes a downfall. It causes a downfall uh with people again in the country and the nation and the nation perishes and suffers because of wickedness from a top and you think about that it can, it can be even wicked spiritual leaders as well there are cult leaders and various ones that are very wicked and the people mourn the people are, are heartache and pain they might a particular group now as you speak again the people are, are depressed and they're sad and they they get beat down again uh through various things and it causes the people to mourn is what he says and so again as a leader if you're in a leadership position let us lead uh, with a good heart, a pure heart, a righteous heart, so the people will not mourn. Let's move, we're going to go back to the minute. The Bible says, Whosoever loveth wisdom rejoices his father. He says, But he that uh, keepeth company with the harlots spendeth his substance. And so think about it. My mind went immediately to the, to the prodigal son. The prodigal son. Uh, the story about the man, the young man who left his father's house and went and spent all his money chasing out the women, partying every night, on and on and on. And there are many prodigal men. Out there, prodigal women out there, still running around, chasing, playing games, running from God. And so again, uh, his father was very discouraged. His father was very, very saddened because of his son's lifestyle. And so uh, again, he said he, he chased after and chased after harlots. And the Bible talks about how that eventually he ended up in the pig pen. He ended up in the pig pen, and it really a mess of of life. His life was all messed up. And it's sad to see young people, young people get involved in things they can't never seem to get out the whole 30, 40 years old, still, still trying to, uh, find themselves. Why? Because they, in the early years, uh, didn't take heed to the instructions of a father or instructions of a mother. Say, so I have a father when well, the instructions of a mother, instructions of a grandfather, instructions of a grandmother, instructions of a, instructions of a pastor or a teacher, somebody, everybody with that excuse, has some type of mentor that God will put in your life to try to help you. Along the way, we all without excuses. So the Bible says, but whosoever love wisdom rejoices his father. So naturally, as a parent, man, you rejoice when you find your kids are doing well. But you're up all night, tossing and turning, wondering what my son and my daughter's out in the streets doing. Will my son or daughter come home alive tonight? And naturally, uh, again, and so the fathers and mothers rejoice when they see their children doing well. Thank God, by the grace of God, again, you pray for your children, pray for your children, pray for their futures pray and you live the life in front of them to where they want to serve God or where they know the certain boundaries. Why? Because they know they, and they can see, show them. Show me if I'm saying the show, them am saying, see, if you live this life like this, this is how you're going to end up. Sometimes when they listen when they harden their necks. It's up to them, but you show them the way you set the example. Let us set the example as parents. No doubt. And the Bible says when we train them up in the way they should go, he says, when they're old, they will not depart from it. They may drift away, But just like their prodigal son, they'll come back home. And that's our prayer for every parent, parents that are in God. Now, if you're out there in the world running around in the streets, just like your kids, well, you know, uh, apple don't fall too far from the tree. We encourage you as parents to get saved because your children are going to grow up in a generation in the world that is is cruel and hurtful. And uh, before long, if you, again, if you don't get them early enough, the world will get them. But by the grace of God. By the power of God, we pray that those that are out there in the streets as we speak now, those that are away from Christ, that you will come to know Jesus Christ tonight. If you're watching this video, you say, Preacher, I'm that prodigal son, I'm the wavering child, I'm the one that's running tonight. Come to Christ tonight. Let's move on. The Bible says the king in verse 4: the king by judgment established the land. The king by judgment established the land. But he that receiveth gifts overthroweth it. Think about this: a good king, a good ruler, sticks to the book. He sticks to the book. He sticks to truth. He sticks to uh, laws on various things. He says, "But uh, 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 he that receiveth gift overthroweth it." You think about the bribes, and so he's referring to bribery. There's so much bribery going on. <clears throat> back to wicked kings, they get so bribed. So a lot of these smaller countries and various countries, and don't you be fooled. I'm gonna come back to America in a minute, but the smaller countries, they are uh, sold out by their by their leaders, sold out for companies and various things, getting bribes, and getting cuts. So where they live in fat. And happy where the people are suffering in the streets. People living in the huts and, and dirt houses while they're living sumptuously because of bribery and filthy money. So you think about this, uh, again, he that receiveth gifts overthroweth the nation. There should be no nation that's struggling. Again today, no nation that, that follows after God, first of all, you must have Christ in the in this country. And so God back to what we said, Solomon said, back to godly leaders. Godly leaders again will lead to godly structure. When we have godly structure, for the most part, God will bless that land, as we see. And so uh, many are, are bought in bribery. Uh, again, uh, it's obvious, as we see in smaller, uh, on a, on the on obvious scale, the third world. But it even happens in, even here in America. Uh, underneath, Right underneath our noses, briberies and cons and schemes. You go back and look at some of these bills, uh, some of these bills that they pass. Again, it may look like on the surface, it may look good, but underneath, there's a lot of what we call pork a fluff. And no doubt a uh, port. meaning there's, there's a lot of stuff in that bill that will sell the country down the road. There's a lot of politicians doing business with Ch- uh, China and various countries. I may get a little flag, by, by YouTube for this, but they're, they're doing bribes and, uh, and selling the country out because, because of under the money table, uh, uh, bribes with Russia, whoever it may be. Y'all hear about it all the time. And so, uh, uh, one side blames Russia. The other side blames China. On and on and on, everybody's guilty. The false left-right paradigm. But I'm going to leave that alone, that's for another teacher. And so uh, that's why the Bible says, "A uh, Democrat, Republicans, whoever it may be, he said, don't put your trust in prison. Because uh, they, on, 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 on news camera, on TV, it looks good. But behind the scenes, man, they are absolutely, absolutely robbing the people blind. But anyway, uh, just go back and read some of them bills. Some of them bills are so thick that they only take time to read that stuff. They only take time to read it, or whatever the case may be. We need a new racetrack that costs uh five, fifty billion dollars. Well, but I thought we was voting on the new factory. Yeah, but this is included. Whatever the case may be. Something, something to that effect. Anyway, number five. He says a man that flattereth his neighbor spreadeth a net for his feet. Nice guys, nice guys. I was talking about how we're dealing with things right now, and, and, and being a nice guy, sometimes you spread a net for your own feet you know, the old statement about nice guys finish last <laughs> and really that's sometimes how it turns out. The Bible says here, when we, when we flatter his neighbor, we try to make our neighbor happy. Sometimes we, we hurt ourselves. Sometimes you gotta be firm. You gotta be strict. You gotta be uh, upright and say, this is the way that it is. Mr. Nice guys finished last. And sometimes people try to take advantage of Christians. They try to take advantage of people who love God and try to be, you know, somewhat, uh, cordial and somewhat, uh, uh, you know, just in, in, in what we do. And when people take advantage of it, and so again, uh, being overly nice, sometimes it can hurt you. You, just, you make a net for your own feet. So sometimes you gotta be firm. It teaches us to be firm because if not, it could come back to hurt us. It can come back to hurt us. Sometimes we gotta just straight up say, you know what, this is not the way it should be. This is wrong. That's wrong. Whatever case may be. So even with me, I'm sometimes I'm overly nice too nice. Again, for things. And so, again, we, we God. It, it, sometimes it can come back to bite us. You know what I'm saying? And so, we must take heed to these scriptures because we're making sometimes a net for our own feet. Let's go to verse 6. Uh, uh, in transgression of an evil, in the transgression of evil men, there is a snare. So, a sin, sin, in sin, there's a snare. Snare means trap, there's a hang up, there's a downfall. The Bible says, but the righteous does sing and rejoice. Sin there's a price for sin, brother. Since they sin is, has a trap. Uh, again, it will catch up. Sin is a reproach. The scripture tells us, "A uh, sin." The words, "The wages of sin is death." Uh, the law of sowing and reaping tells us, if "We sow the corruption, we're gonna reap corruption. But if we sow the righteousness, we're gonna reap righteousness." So, it talks about how the transgression of evil man there's a snare, there's a trap. Sin will catch up. It may look like good right now. It seems like the world is having a great time, but it eventually will catch up to people. Number 71 says, the righteous consider it the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. Think about it. We must have a sensitive heart for the less fortunate as well. A sensitive heart. We live in a cold world where, uh, uh, again, the, 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 the homeless and various things are, are overlooked. Well, that's their own fault that they like that. But you know what? As a Christian, we still must love people. We still must love the oppressed. We still must care for the, the those that they lack thereof. Again, so we must have a sensitive heart. And he says, because the wicked no doubt will turn a blind eye and say, ah, good for them. You know, uh, again, so we must remember to look back. Jesus loved us all tonight. The Bible goes on a little further uh, in verse 8. The scornful men, scornful men bring a city to a snare and begin a trap. Scornful men are disrespectful, contempt type of men. They always want to fight. They always want to arguing, all these different things, and always in contention. The Bible says, but wise men turn away wrath. So there are some that's always looking for a fight, always looking, always having a problem, always this and the other. And he says, and they bring a city to snare. Causes problems where, again, the whole room is discouraged, or the whole place is discouraged. Why? Because of contention and contempt and scornful, hurtful people. He said, but wise men turn away wrath. But at the same time, wise men, we as wise men, let it, the Bible says, blessed are the meek. Again, let's, let's, the peacemaker, blessed are the peacemaker. So wise men try to find peace mm-hmm. in the situation. Try to find a common, no doubt, a way of, of settling things. Use wisdom. Amen. But scornful men will look to shoot, kill, destroy one another. Let's take this up with hands or whatever the case may be. But wise men say, you know what? Let's find an agreement here. And move on. The Bible says number nine. He says, "If a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, he said, whether he rage or laugh, there's no rest. Some people you just can't make happy. Some people you just cannot make happy. You can, like I say, by trying to be a nice guy, trying to be again one that's a peacemaker. Some people you just cannot find peace with, regardless how you twist it and turn it and twist it and turn it to try to make it to where there's a smooth." Uh, ending or happy ending? No, 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 not for everybody. And so the Bible says, when well, we contend with a fool, you say, whether you raise or laugh, there's no rest. There's no rest. Again, uh, sometimes they say, I said, don't about how you go away. You, let's agree to disagree. <laughs> let's agree to disagree and just be done with it on and on and on. And again, just move on, move on with life. It's, it's happy. You'd be happier that way to move on with life. And so uh, uh, there's no rest. However, For some, they will eat, sleep, and drink until they get their way, until they get their point across, or until they have their ultimate way. Stomp, kick, scratch, whatever the case may be. Lose sleep, lose victory, lose friendships. There's no rest. Remember stuff from 30 years ago. There's no rest. They'll bring it up just like it was yesterday. There's no rest. Be at rest. Forgive people, love people. Learn to walk away from certain things. Let's look at verse 10. The bloodthirsty hate the upright. The bloodthirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. And so think about the bloodthirsty. There are people that hate believers. There are hateful, spiteful people. They hate the church. They hate Christians. They they just hate people in general. whether Whether you're Christian or not, people hate people. Hatred is of the devil racism of the devil. And the Bible says today uh, how the, there are bloodthirsty people that look to hurt and injure and maim and hurt people. The Bible says they uh, they hate the upright. They hate the church. They hate what the Christ uh, stands for. They hate the cross. They hate the Bible. They hate Christians. When they see Christians, they, they kind of get uneasy. They despise the word of God. They despise church. They despise the preacher. So the Bible says they hate the upright. But the just seek his soul, even though they hate me, even though they may hate you. Jesus said, love them anyway. He said, bless them and curse not. That's what Jesus said. We got to love people in spite of He said, because you're thinking about their soul. Somebody was having a revival out of the church. And this man was blabbing off outside, the, outside the fence. He was always yapping and yapping. I don't even really know how he started. I knew he was mad about something. He was mad. <laughs> Probably mad about the revival and various things. People get mad all the time. They get mad at the preaching of various things. But you know what, again, but you know, what? I say, you know, maybe one day he may be a deacon one day at the church. So I ain't going to be mad. I'll pray for him. You never know who may become, may come to Christ. The apostle Paul is the prime example. The man who wrote the majority of the New Testament. He was a hater of God. He hated Jesus. He hated the cross. He hated everything about the disciples and all of the early church. He fought against the church. He consented to have people killed and put in jail, burned down homes. No doubt. Ain't no telling what happened to the women and children. He allowed this to happen. But God got a hold of him. Salvation works a wonderful thing in people's hearts. Salvation does an awesome thing in people's hearts. And the Bible says he was converted. He was converted and saved, delivered, filled with the Holy Ghost. And God used this man to reach the Gentile nations, which is us. The non-Jewish people. He wrote 12, 13 books in the Bible. Some debate whether he wrote Hebrews. He wrote so many books in the Bible. Great in the use of God. But he was a hater. But somebody, perhaps there was an early church believer that prayed for his soul. That prayed, God, please save Saul the Apostle, Saul of Tarsus. Excuse me, Saul of Tarsus. And God honored that prayer. God changed that man's heart. And so the Bible tells us here, as we read it again, uh, the bloodthirsty hates the upright. Don't be bloodthirsty tonight. And you can be bloodthirsty and not even shed blood. You can be bloodthirsty and hate people in general. You can hate them and despise them. Something happens when you see them. Something twinges in your heart when you think about them. The bloodthirsty. He said, but the just seek his soul. Think about souls of men. Christians, we should be soul conscious. Soul conscious, even when things are going crazy. We have to be careful. Like what I say. Try to be a nice guy to people. Why? Because again, we're thinking about their soul at the end of the day. Let's go to verse 11. He said, the fool uttereth all of his mind, a fool uttereth all of his mind. Some people don't have no, what they call filter, that. <laughs> people have no filters. You must have some filters every now and then, amen. Learn to put on a filter. The Bible says the tongue is a, is a, is an untamed beast. People just let it go. They'll curse, they'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll steal. That tongue has no filter. They don't care who's listening. They don't care who, what, what, how it affects nobody else. I'm gonna speak my mind, whether it's to you in your face, whether it's behind your back, whether it's on social media. I don't care where it is. On television, on YouTube. I'm gonna speak my mind. I don't have no filter. The Bible says, "The fool uttereth all of his mind." Amen. He says, "But a wise man keepeth it until afterwards." You know, sometimes you gotta hold your peace. A time to speak. got a time to. Keep silence. That's what the same man who wrote that, Ecclesiastes, chapter three, he said, "The time to speak and the time to keep silence." Use wisdom. As believers, we are different. We got to learn when to speak up. Something got to learn to defend yourself. Sometimes Jesus didn't say a word. Sometimes Jesus absolutely just shut it down. He said a word. Then there were other times he called them hypocrites and backbiters and devils. It depends on when it was. But again, so we must be wise. In our speech, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Number 12, it says, if a a ruler hearkeneth to lies, all his servants are wicked. That's a powerful verse as well. It shows that we must hold integrity, especially as a church, as a believer, as a preacher, whoever you may be. No doubt, even in your own home, whether it's raising a family, there has to be some lines of integrity. I remember my wife, man, she used to despise little children, lie, whatever the case may be. Whatever you do, do not lie. You get a lot of spankings because of lying. And so naturally, it started at home. It starts at home to train up that child, to train him up. And so the Bible says, a ruler hearkening to lies. All his servants are wicked. So if not, if we begin to accept lies, number one liar is the devil himself. If we begin to accept the lies of the devil, that's our great downfall. So lies... Even from the devil himself, the ultimate ruler of darkness. Don't listen to the lies of the devil first of all. And then don't listen to the lies of other people as well. You got to really guard your heart and discern truth from a lie. He said all the servants are wicked. So naturally it trickles down. It trickles down because it affects everybody when people believe a lie. Those in authority don't slip. Uh-uh. We, we cannot allow lies to slip in. Again, it will eventually, as we cover this Sunday morning about the structure, it will eventually erode a structure, like a catch or a termite. We must nip it in the bud right away. Number 13 Wendell, says, the poor and the deceitful man meet together. The poor and the deceitful man meet together. Verse 13, he says, the Lord lightened both their eyes. Salvation does wonders. So the poor and the deceitful, people from all walks, when they come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, when you come to God, your eyes will be opened. Your eyes are open to salvation. Your eyes are open to the spiritual, eye. be encouraged tonight. Open your spiritual eyes and see the truth of almighty God. See that the need of salvation. See that there's a need to be saved. See the need of, to, uh, to accept Jesus Christ. your Lord and Savior. Let's go to verse 14, verse 14. The Bible says the king that faithfully judges the poor, his throne shall be established forever. So a good king, a good ruler. And so naturally let us all be good. Kings, good rulers to make wise decisions, whether it's in authority, rulership, as a politician, whoever it may be out there, or just all the way down to running your own life and your own personal life or your own home as a parent, whatever the case may be. He says, let us, uh, uh let us be faithful in judgment of the poor as you referring to the King. He says throne shall be established forever. And so good Kings go down in history as well. So back to the Kings, good Kings go down in, in history. It's all recorded. People know a good King. People know, when, when there's a good teacher or a good, uh, whatever case may be, preacher, whoever it may be, they know and they remember that man for life. They remember that woman for life. Man, she was a great teacher. And uh, when well, they are they remembered as great or they remember as people you couldn't stand. So good kings, good to great kings, I remember because of great things. Good presidents, good governors, good mayors, on and on and on. No doubt I remember because. Again, they, 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 rule faithfully and they, they good in their decision making. Number 15, he said, the the rod of the, and reproof giveth wisdom, rod and reproof, reproof means correction. So the rod, meaning again, the rod of correction, the rod of correction gives wisdom, but the child left to himself, bringeth his mother to shame. So back to what we said, my wife, she was more of a disciplinary than me. Definitely. Amen. I was... It was almost like good cop, bad cop. But you know what? At the end of the day, it wasn't going to hurt them kids. It was good for them kids. It was good for them kids. No doubt. It's good for your children. The Bible says, not abuse, not abuse. There are some abusive parents. If you're out abusing them kids, get right with God. Stop abusing them children. But you correct them, you're shaping them. Did she give them spanking all the time? No, did we get, did. We get spankings all the time, though. No. Giving them a stern correction, but sometimes it requires a rod. Just like the Bible says, how uh, the shepherd, a good shepherd, when the sheep got out of line, he would use the rod, pop, pop, to hit them, to get them back in line, pop, pop, or to correct them. It, it had a hook around the rod and he would yank them in place. It was there to help, to help, no without keep them in order. Because if they're not corrected at a young age, trust me, the system will correct them. If it starts in school, the teacher will begin to build up a disciplinary disciplinary uh, uh, a rap sheet. If they don't listen to the teachers in school, they'll send them off somewhere else and put them in some type of group and all these different things that go on. And if not, they'll end up in prison. The police officer will correct them on and on and on and before long. And kids are out there caught up in the system. It's good to train up that child in the way she go. Hey, Amen. God, uh, as God, we serve a God of correction, and so it's important that us also take heed to that as parents. Number 60, I gotta move on. The Bible says, When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases. So, when sin is increased, when sin is condoned, when sin is allowed, that's what's going on in our country, it's what's going on all around the globe. When sin is now overlooked, it's now accepted, anything goes in our country, in our world today. He says, uh, again, it's multiplied. It grows and it grows and it grows where any and everything goes. The Bible says, but the righteous shall see their fall." And so naturally, we preach and teach against it. We uh, the Believers cry out against it. They think that we're crying out to be all moral and holy, and holier than thou. No, no, we see the cause of sin. We see the destruction that it brings. Go back and read about Sodom and Gomorrah. There were cities, great cities that were destroyed because of the wickedness of the people. Because people said, no, we don't want God. He says war unto the nation that, 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 that says rejects God or says no to God. War unto people that say no do God. You don't thank God for the church. The church is the restrainer. And as people stop coming to church, people start rejecting Christ. Don't want to uh, forget the church. Let's let, Let's go do something else on Sunday. Ah, uh, forget it. But let's go. let's go do something else. And as a result, spirituality of our country, our nation, our world begins to re-roll and anything goes and the Bible says what, well, again let's read it one more time, he says, uh, "It shall be, the righteous shall see the fall, there will be a great fall, whether it's within lifetime or whether it's in eternity, there will be a great fall for the wicked. My friend, come to Christ now, don't be part of that great downfall, Yes, society may be going one way, but you don't have to go there. Jesus Christ said, repent, turn around, come to me. Amen. Go a different way. Go the right way. The winning way, Jesus Christ. Number 17, he went on and says, uh, and he even talked about don't fret because of evil doers. Go back and read Psalms. Again, sin has a price. Let's go to verse 17. Correct thy son. Correct thy son or thy daughter, the Bible says. And, and shall, he, he shall give thee rest. He says, yea, he shall do, give delight unto thy soul. You know what? At the end of the day, I can testify to you. I look back and say, man, some of the things that mama and daddy kept me from, they didn't want me hanging out till 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm glad. I'm glad. Because I could have been the one caught up. And actually, sometimes I rebelled and went against it. Sometimes, come in 4 5 o'clock, they told me to be back in midnight. But you know what? Looking back, I thank God I wasn't out there every night, 3, 4 in the morning. Because that could have been my 3 or 4 in the morning when I got filled up with bullet holes, that could have been me. Naturally, there were other friends that could have been me behind the wheel drunk because there was a sense of restraint. There was a sense of restraint. It could have been me locked up now. That could have been me if I would have been able to hang out, who I wanted to hang out with. It could have been me. If all you, again, if you were allowed to just be without reins, without guidelines, Thankfully, again, they weren't overly strict. But again, and some felt like they were too strict. But again, they, looking back, the ones that felt like they were too strict, a lot of their lives are, are messed up right now. A lot of my friends who felt that way are just not getting out of jail. <laughs> they used to laugh because I had to come in the house when the lights came on. They used to laugh because uh, my mom would come out in the backyard and say, hey, stop all that cussing. Why? Because she was trying to you know, parent the neighborhood, dad, whatever case. Hey, quick, get off the fence. Put your shirt on, whatever case may be. These little things trying to, again, uh, uh, help these young men. They were my friends. They laughed. Go to church. I used to be ashamed to go to church. Man, my friends didn't go to church, and I was ashamed. I, oh, I got to go to Sunday school. All oh, these different things. But looking back, looking back, I'm sure many of them would have wanted the same thing. If they look back, we could do it all over again. But anyway, correct thy son. He shall give thee rest. He shall give thee rest. So naturally, I can only imagine telling my parents now, I'm serving Christ, living for God. Some of the greatest, greatest words outside of any other accomplishment. Whether I would have became a master, doctor, a well, doctor, whatever I could have became. All that didn't matter. My son, now a Christian. My daughter serving the Lord. That's some of the greatest, greatest things that a parent can, 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 can lay their head down at night. Not worried about what my daughter's out there doing all night long. Where's she at at four o'clock in the morning? Who's she with? What is she doing? What is he doing? I can rest. Let that be our prayers. Parents, let that be our prayers. Parents, God, let them know Christ so I can rest. Let them meet spouses that know the Lord so I can rest. They love the Lord just as much as they do. To love the Lord. Amen. To where, again, I can say, hey, not worried about what her husband's doing. Not worried about what uh, her, her, his wife is doing. Because why? I know we trained them to marry somebody that's a believer. Oh, no, no. But anyway, there's some of the things there. Let's move on. It's, it's just words of wisdom from Solomon. And we just on a little bit. Number 18, he says, where, is the, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy seat. see. <laughs> they can go a lot of different directions. I'm going to give you this one here about vision. People talk about vision, vision, vision. You know what? Christ. That's the one we look to. We endeavor to point you to Jesus. Every service, we point you to Christ. And if you don't want that, well, hey, you perish. If you don't want to see Jesus, the Bible says, look unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith." We point you to Jesus. We point you to the cross. We point you to the blood. Every service. This Bible says, we point you, get to Jesus. He says, set your affection on things above. That's what you need. Open your eyes and see Jesus. Sometimes people are looking for some great revelation. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, look to Jesus. When you look to Jesus first, everything else will fall into place. He said, well, there's no vision. The people are blinded by the wickedness of this world. The Bible says the God of this world, little G, has blinded the minds of many women today we continue to point you to jesus man it begged uh to peter and john he says hey he says give me give me money give me money he was blinded by looking for money he says no no silver gonna have none but i give you jesus look to jesus amen wasn't some great outline he just said hey jesus is the answer he was trying to get him to see the crucified one amen And so the vision of Christ, looking at the author to finish my faith. Number 19, he said, the servant will not be corrected. The servant will not be corrected by words. The servant will not be corrected by words. That's deep. You say things, you preach things, you teach things, whatever the case may be. Some people will just not accept words. They will not accept it. It's going to take something more drastic to get their attention. Some more drastic measures. We say, stop. Stop, sit down, sit down. They don't want to hear that. Hey, keep digging. The child keeps digging, keep digging, keep digging. And so you think about this. uh, We as people, men and women and children, whoever we may be concerning God, he says they will not be corrected by words. Sometimes God takes, God has to cause some calamity to happen. And even through calamity, sometimes people still don't see. Remember 9-11, they said church attendance skyrocketed here in New York City, to the calamity for it to happen. But (laughs) it faded away eventually. It faded away, New York back to being New York for a certain amount of people. And so you think about this, sometimes it takes more than just worry. It may take an earthquake, it may take a hurricane, it may take something drastic to shake things up. It may take, again, God to wipe out the whole family. God to take health and, and wealth forget people's attention. God does it in various ways or allows it to happen in various ways. Again, when I say God does, meaning God allows it to happen. He'll take his hand off. The Bible says a servant will not be corrected by words. What will it take? My friend today, take heed to the preaching, take heed to the teaching, take heed to the voice of God. Number twenty one says, "Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words. In other words, quick with his words. Uh, loose with his words, just speaking back. We talking about speaking your mind, just letting things fly. The Bible says, "There's no hope. There's more hope for a fool than him." The tongue is important. Controlling your tongue spiritually, temperance. The Bible talks about the Holy Ghost. That's why we need the Holy Ghost to, through temperance, through the Holy Ghost. It, it keeps us in check. Keeps me from saying things that I really could say. Keeps me from being hurtful when I could be hurtful. You know what I'm saying? And so the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. No, doubt, The Bible says a man is hasty with his words. Sometimes you may say things saying, I wish I could have that back. I say things, uh, uh, again, in the heat of a moment. No doubt. God, help us. Help us as we grow in God. As you grow in God, pray, 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 and let the Holy Ghost take over and say, God, help me not be hasty with my words. Even not just in, 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 in exchanges of, of, of arguments and various things. It could be just things that we commit to, but things that we say, help us not be hasty to commit to things. Pray about things. We've been guilty as well. We may be hasty. And say, yeah, I, I can take care of that. You know what? Let me think that through before I commit to anything. You know what I'm saying? And so let us not be hasty in our words. He says, I'm a hopeful fool in him, so we must be careful. Again, and he's referring to, again, those that are quick with their tongues. Let's go to 21. He said, he that is uh, de, 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 delectable, he says, bringeth up his servant." Am I pronouncing it right? <laughs> delicately. Excuse me. He did delicately. Man, my, my eyes. He did delicately bring up his servant from a child. Shall have him become his son at length. Delicately. Excuse me. Man, my, my eye vision there. No fire forward. All right. Amen. The Bible says delicately. So we delicately deal with issues. If you'd be rash and harsh with certain things, and I deal with something you got to deal with? White gloves is what they say. Uh, Some things you got to just really gently maneuver in certain things. Because again, it will help you. If you constantly hounding and beating on that child and run, it can never do nothing right, or she can never do nothing right, you will destroy that child. They will grow up with low self esteem and they will perhaps even grow up to hate you. You think about that. And so, but those that use wisdom is not always the rod. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes it's a soft hand. Sometimes it's no hand. You know what? We must be wise in our in our dealing with our youth as well. And I thought about that even in not, not being our children. Our youth are growing up in a different, different society. They really are. And I was thinking about God helping us not be too hard on our youth, meaning, meaning too quick to, they say, don't be judgmental, whatever the case may be not even being judgmental, but we gotta use wisdom in trying to reach our youth, our teens our young people, early 20s. They fight a lot of demons, they fight a lot of stuff. And so we must delicately delicately use and pick our spots and try to win them over. Use wisdom. Number 22 he went on says, let's finish up. He said, an angry man stirred up strife. An angry man, are we angry tonight? That's uh, not of the fruits of the spirit, that's of the works of the flesh. That's of the works of the flesh. In this particular case. And so he says. An anger man stir up strife. Are we always in battle mode? Are we always in fight mode? Are we always in. uh, Again. uh, to, To get at one another all the time. An anger man stirred up strife. And a furious man aboundeth in transgression. Number 23. So let us not be this way. 23. A man's pride shall bring him low. And that's really what it all is about. Pride will bring us low. But honor shall uphold the humble spirit. So God help us be removed. God said He resists the proud anyway. He resisted. But He gives grace to the humble. God help us walk humbly as Christ walked. All of us. God continue to let us continue to be humble servants. Let us be humble men and women. Let us be humble one towards another. Amen. Men of low uh, a degree, men of low estate, preferring one another. You know what? Again, uh, we were just talking about this today. I'm, I'm, I'm these guys' supervisor. You know what? But again, he said I respect you because you you're willing to uh, again not just my way or the highway. You're willing to to to, to take some you know advice or whatever case may or or hear us out. You know, because I'm working with guys who've been doing this stuff for almost 30 years. Who am I? I've been doing it less time than them. So you must use wisdom and things like that. So we must be wise in how we do things. But again, let's move on. Humility. He said, whosoever partnered with the thief hateth his own soul. He said, he heareth cursing and bereath not. And so even back to that, naturally you think about this. We must, we must, we must continue to have a standard. To have a standard. To have a standard. You know what? Just because you cussing, I'm not going to cuss with you. I must have a standard. I must have a, a line in the sand. Naturally he says and so we cannot be partners with thieves. We cannot be partners with these things. I'm going in business with people who who are, who are corrupt on and on and on because it will get on you as well. It's important. Uh, you know, I was listening to uh, Reverend Kegel night, He was preaching and he came across the point about uh, being unequally yoked. Being unequally yoked. He referred to how he says, how did, uh, he was talking about married couple, he says oftentimes we easily cling to that scripture referring to married couples but he said that's even in business that's in everyday activities unequally yoked unequally yoked so scripture here says we should not be unequally yoked in doing business with folks as well right we don't be quick to do business with people that you know is corrupt I don't, I don't know so anyway the Bible says number 25 the fear of man bringeth a snare he says but whosoever put his trust in the Lord shall be saved but fear of man will fear is torment the Bible says Fear is torment, and some people can mistake uh, again uh, fear in the wrong way as well. Don't fear man; we fear God. But you know, you reverence people. You reverence people. You honor people that are above you. You honor people that are in authority. You honor them. I'm afraid. You know what? But we honor. We honor people. Amen. I fear for the one that, that, that has lack of respect for people. And you fear fearful of the one that has lack of respect for the church, lack of respect for clergy. You have fearful people who have lack of respect for their officer. Oh, no, 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 There's no fear in life. He said, But where there's fear, there's torment. And so, again, we cannot be afraid of man. We must be afraid of God first. Don't be afraid of what man may do either as well. So on the spiritual side, on the Christian side of that, don't be afraid of what man may do. Don't be afraid to, to speak up and, and, and proclaim Christ. Even if your neck is on the line, even if your life is on the line, lift up Jesus. If they capture you and tell you to denounce Christ, don't fear. Say Jesus all the way to your death. Let's move on to close the last verse. He said, an unjust man is an abomination. An unjust man is an abomination to the just. He says, and he that is upright in his ways is an abomination to the wicked. So it's vice versa. Uh, I skipped one. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 26, before I go to last. He says, many seek many seek the ruler's favor. Many seek the ruler's favor. He says, but every man's judgment comes from the Lord. Many will look to man to show favor, to show promotion, to show, again, uh, again some good thing. You know, as back to the I'm a politician. We look to the government. People are looking to the government to, to meet their every need. We need to look to God. We need to look to God. Look to the doctor for every need. No, let's look to God first. He looked to this program, and that program for you every need. No, he says, let us look to God first. Look to God first. Many will suit a uh, ruler's favor. Many will kiss up to rulers for favors. But you know, back to what we said, we've set a trap for ourselves. So naturally, let us look to God ultimately. Last verse here, 27. He says, the unjust, the unjust man is an abomination. He's an abomination. So poor judgment, not being just and fair, he says it's destitute, is uh, detestable. It is wicked, absolute wicked. Again, when, when people are not treated fairly, you see things are not done fairly, only on and on, live in an unjust world, cruel world. And the Bible says uh, it's an abomination. You see flat out wrong being done. Whether it's in justice system, in the system that we live in, whether it's in uh, court cases, whatever case may be unjust. Naturally, people are up in arms. You see people ready to ride in the streets because of some unjust decision. You think about this, but he that is upright right in his ways, abomination, is wicked. So you think about this. On the flip side of that, he says, people despise, back to what he said, people will despise the righteous. People despise even the church—they despise Jesus. They—they they consider Jesus wrong. They consider the Bible wrong. They consider considered the wicked. We're living for God, and so it's a flip, flip mirror image. The wicked see right wrong, and the right see the wicked wrong. So Solomon gave us these little nuggets here in, in 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 Proverbs chapter twenty-nine. Gave us these these little nuggets of wisdom. But I, I like that last verse, how it says, the righteous, the righteous, the righteous are considered wicked to the wicked. Let us keep the wicked upset. Amen. Let us keep the devil upset. Do good. Serve God. How, you, won't make, you won't make the devil mad tonight. Read your Bible. Pray. Seek the Lord's face. Be in our next service on Thursday night. Be in the service and make a commitment to God. The devil was mad because our brother Burrell gave his life to the Lord this weekend. The devil was angry. I'm sure he's been fighting that brother ever since Sunday. I'm throwing the kitchen sink at him. When you come to Christ, be ready for him. And it's not going to stop. Because the devil is angry. He's angry with the people of God, with the things of God, the things concerning God. And he'll do all he can to put an end to it. But let's keep the devil angry. Keep reading the Word of God. Keep the Book of Proverbs in the forefront of your mind. Read it daily. A proverb a day keeps the devil at bay. God bless our prayer. We'll see you soon.